This week, senators will head into their chambers to begin President Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. They will be doing so from within what feels very much like a fortress. You have to get past two layers of gigantic fencing with concertina wire over the top to even get into that building. And there are all sorts of National Guardsmen with gigantic M16 guns. You feel like you are in a war zone when you are in there. Our colleague Siobhan Hughes is covering the trial. And she says the reason the Capitol looks like a fortress is the same reason why there's an impeachment hearing. On January 6th, people who falsely believed the election was stolen violently stormed into the U.S. Capitol building. The trial will be asking, is Trump to blame? Trump's defense is that he didn't instigate the riot, and that because he is no longer president, he says the impeachment trial itself is unconstitutional. Either way, the results will have a big impact on the future. So there are two choices. It's either Donald Trump is convicted of the high crime and misdemeanor of inciting an insurrection, or Donald Trump is acquitted. If Donald Trump were to be convicted with that two-thirds majority, the Senate could then proceed to a vote on barring him from holding federal office. And so then Donald Trump could not run again in 2024. If Donald Trump can run again in 2024, that keeps him viable as a political figure for the next four years. And it changes the entire contour of the nation's political debate. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, February 8th. Coming up on the show, the political challenges of Donald Trump's second impeachment trial. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Like many things in the Trump presidency, this trial is unprecedented. Trump is the first president to be impeached twice by the House, and this will now be his second trial before the Senate. The allegation against Trump is that he incited an insurrection. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And Democrats are focused not simply on the speech he gave on January 6th. Democrats are going all the way back to 2020 when the president refused to say that he would accept the results of the election if he lost and that if he lost, it would be stolen. The only way they can take this election away from us is if this is a rigged election. We're going to win this election. The Democrats' argument is that Trump laid the groundwork for the riot by repeatedly saying the election was stolen, even though there wasn't evidence to back it up. When rioters stormed the Capitol on January 6th, they 
took all sorts of videos of themselves storming the Capitol, inside the Capitol. They described why they were storming the Capitol. Some of the rioters said things like, I'm here because my president sent me, showing a direct link between the president's rhetoric and their actions. And that is firsthand evidence. The participants are telling you why they are doing what they are doing. I am reminded of my journalism school days learning about the First Amendment and the, and the idea that you can't falsely yell fire in a crowded theater. This reminds me of that, too. And this is a conversation I hear lawmakers have over and over again in Congress. But I've never heard anybody be able to say with clarity what that line is. When does speech turn into something else and crosses the line from being commentary to being something else? House Democrats argue that the free speech clause applies differently to government officials, so Trump can be held accountable in ways that private citizens can't. And as for the Republicans, their perspective has changed substantially over the past few weeks. Some Republican senators who had sat through the riot themselves pointed a finger at the president, including then-Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. You know, it's very hard for them to ignore what happened on January 6th because all of those senators were rushed out of the Senate chamber to safety in the presence of armed policemen. They were under attack. But that attitude didn't last long. And then when... The base became upset with Republicans. You watch the Republicans do, it wasn't even a U-turn. That really doesn't describe it. It was a hairpin turn. They quickly reversed course and started looking for ways to avoid criticizing Donald Trump. Why the sudden reversal? This has come up all across the country where you have the Republican parties in a lot of states moving to condemn their senators for not doing enough to stand up for Donald Trump. So in Kentucky, for example, Mitch McConnell had to beat back a vote from some Republicans in his own state saying he needed to stand with Donald Trump. You're seeing that everywhere. And from talking to some individual Republican lawmakers, they're getting angry emails from constituents saying, how can you not see that this is a fraud perpetuated by the Democrats? Republicans have since rallied around Trump's defense, which is that this whole thing is just political theater. The defense argues that impeaching a former president should be unconstitutional and that Trump was just exercising free speech. You're starting to see his lawyers parse through his statements on January 6th. And so what they're saying is, hey, when Donald Trump was talking about the elections, he was talking about election security. That was a conversation about election security. And so I would expect to see the Republican defense team really go through his speech and try to explain sentence by sentence what he said to try to undercut some of the Democratic arguments. But framing the argument around election security pushes Republican senators right up against a dangerous claim. 
Republicans do not want Donald Trump to repeat the notion that the election was stolen. But you see the legal team walking right up to that point. And it wouldn't surprise me if somebody crossed it to say the election was stolen. Why don't Republicans want Trump to make that argument? Republican senators do not think the election was stolen by and large. And Republicans have been really working to level with their own constituents about that, as difficult as it is. This is just one example of the awkward bind that Republicans will be in during the impeachment trial. Republicans who decide to vote to convict are walking the plank. They are walking the plank and they are going to dive into a sea of angry Trump supporters who will view these Republicans as traitors. There's no doubt about it. What does that say to you about how much control Donald Trump still has over the Republican Party? Donald Trump has an enormous grip on the Republican Party. Donald Trump has remade the party. He got more than a toehold on the party. He got control. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Are Democrats aligned on this impeachment? I mean, At one level, yes. The notion that Donald Trump should be convicted is very unifying for Democrats. Not a single Democrat has indicated that they won't vote to convict. But at another level, you see divides in the party about whether or not it even made sense to have an impeachment trial. And the reason for that is Donald Trump is likely to be acquitted and an acquittal sort of clears him. There's no consequence for his rhetoric. And then there are others who say you absolutely have to have a trial because there is no unification and moving on without some type of accounting of what happened. Still, a conviction is unlikely. A few weeks ago, the Senate held a procedural vote about whether or not they should even open an impeachment trial. In that vote, only five Republicans sided with Democrats. And so those five is perceived to be the high watermark for the number of Republicans who are going to be willing to convict Donald Trump. If those five senators also vote to convict? As a historical matter, it would be remarkable to have five people from a president's own party vote in favor of his conviction. If a conviction looks so unlikely... 
What do you think Democrats hope to accomplish? The Democratic argument is you can't have the country go through such a violent episode without pausing to meditate on what happened. I think Democrats genuinely feel that there has to be some type of punishment, some type of accountability, that if you let some types of behaviors stand, you are setting a precedent in which you say it is acceptable to use rhetoric that is so fiery that it inspires people to violence, that you just can't let that stand. Even if a conviction is unlikely, the trial does give Democrats the opportunity to put some fire under the seats of their Republican colleagues. So far, Republicans have been able to dodge the question of whether or not Trump did anything truly wrong. Typically, Republicans are able to get out of answering questions by saying, I didn't see the tweet. I wasn't aware of that particular piece of the story. I didn't hear from that witness. And in an impeachment trial, the requirement is that everybody has to sit in that room and pay attention for the entire duration of the trial. And so it's very, very hard to say that you were not aware of a piece of evidence when you were sitting as a juror with the facts in your face. How long do you think this is all going to last? Both Republicans and Democrats in the Senate are very eager to get this done. So we don't think this trial is going to last for more than a week. And we think Republicans have an interest in not dwelling on the moment. And Democrats are interested in confirming Joe Biden's cabinet and passing a coronavirus aid package and getting through with his agenda. So there's not going to really be a lot of time to sit and ponder and think about this. What do you think the legacy of this second impeachment of Donald Trump will be? I mean, I think it's, I think it's already going to be far-reaching. I think it's already deepened the partisan divide in this country. And I think that's probably going to be the legacy. There's a concern about setting in motion a cycle of vengeance. If you have a country that is constantly focused on righting perceived wrongs of the past, it's very hard to see how the country ever has time to move forward. This notion of vengeance and revenge and the fact that we're in this blood cycle where there is guilt that triggers recrimination, that is so much part of American history right now. And I think so many people in this country are hoping we find a way to the other shore to get past it. That's all for today, Monday, February 8th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.